We shall go on to the end. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Art of Surrender. This is episode number 42 of the podcast, and I'm joined by my MMA-focused co-host, Aaron Morelli, to have a chat about UFC 260 and past and present news and fights. What's going on, Aaron? Hey. Yeah, nothing much. Just putting up with the uh, Sydney, Sydney rain, which isn't fun, <laughs> but other than that, looking forward to better weather and some good fights. Yeah. Of course, of course. Let me turn you up a little bit. Um, so I'll, I'll start off with some news for, I guess, podcast listeners um, from my end. Two things. I've been recently offered a, before we get into the podcast, this is, I've re- been recently offered a job at Salesforce in Sydney, which is something I've been sort of working to for the best part of a year now. And so with that being said, in the next six to eight weeks, I'll be moving over to Sydney again um, for work and yeah, change of scenery and lifestyle and all that stuff. And the second thing is that I have uh, finally got all my uh, rash guard stuff sorted out and we'll be doing like a rash guard pre-sale release in the next week or so and try and get that all sort of done and sorted and out of the way before I move. So then everyone can have a rash guard and things like that if you want to support so I'll share that shortly. Does that mean my rash guard will be hand-delivered? Mate, I reckon the timing will be that I will be able to hand-deliver your rash guard. Oh, yeah. beautiful. I'll send my address. Yeah, and before <laughs> and what I'll do when I hand it to you, I'll get you to bend the knee and then I'll just lower it down to you. Oh, no. And you can kiss my toes before <laughs> I hand it over. Got to love the uh, Henry Cejudo gimmick. Yes, um, it's a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, so lots happening, man. It's a bit exciting. That's why I've been a little bit quiet on my end recently. I don't think I've done an episode for three weeks because I've been doing uh, interview processes and, I don't know, just minding other places, you know. But we're back today. That's all good. And we're going to have a chat about the, M- uh, the UFC and MMA and things like that. But before we do, uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Sparks Fly. What the tournament, higher jiu-jitsu, did on the weekend. Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, it was good. Um, set up obviously by uh, Johnny and uh, Sam Alderson Johnson from High Jiu Jitsu, basically raising some money for some underprivileged kids to get them into the gym. Um, obviously, had ourselves and then another Pedro Sauer affiliate, uh, Northern Beaches, basically mm. do a little internal comp. Um, we've done three of them now, I believe, uh, and there'll be another two this year. So yeah, it was a good day. Um, yeah, lots of fun, lots of good uh, good jiu-jitsu matches. Most importantly, no injuries. Um, yeah. And we all went to the pub after and, uh, you know, great day. And so and each time you do these in a club ones, you use uh, raising money for Sparks Fly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you're not only getting in there and testing any skills, you're raising some money for, for a good cause at the same time. So, uh, you know, props to Johnny and... Sam from High Jiu-Jitsu for uh, setting that up. Um, I think everyone had a 
had a great day and I saw today we raised I think over a thousand dollars. So sweet. Yeah. You go doing Fantastic. good things. Doing good things, everyone gets to play. And that's like a nice idea for people who are uh, if they're a little bit timid with their first competition, it's a good way to feel the vibe without like you know, but still being in a safer environment than say, you know, proper competition. It's internal, so it's a little bit safer, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can um, really you can make it where you want it to be um, in the gym mm. because obviously we all know each other. So, you know, they're the people you trust with your neck and your arm and all that, right? So so those little internal comps, I think they're not even competitions. They're just a, a role with a rule set and a chance to, you know, test your skills in a controlled environment, not just a role after class or whatever. Mm. Um it was great fun, no injuries. I think everyone looked after each other. So, yeah, fantastic. And anyone that didn't didn't uh, get the chance from the gym to compete, I hope they do next time because it was uh, good fun. There you go. Sweet as. Love to hear it. Uh, and, and raising the money is always good too. Let's So let's move on to UFC 259. You want to wrap this up real quick. We'll chat about it for 10 minutes and then we'll move into UFC 260 and then have a chat about the fight coming up this weekend, and then we can uh, talk about some news and other things that are happening. So, yep. two fifty nine. We'll just talk about. Let's just run through the main card, eh? Yeah, well, I think quickly before obviously the main card, the Dominic Cruz, I think was was a great, great fight, um, entertaining as ever. I like his yeah. his style, and then the, obviously the call out at the end of Hans Mullenkamp. I think that sort of sparked. You know, add another element to the night. As those who don't know, he's obviously the MMA guy from Monster. And, you know, he's, a few people have had issues with him. So, sort of add a bit of spice to the night to, mm. just to lead into the main card. And then, um, yeah, I think the main card was, was fantastic. The first fight was pretty good. But I think, obviously, we got to see Makachev back in there. Mm. Um, and exactly what we thought. Just... Uh, Consistent pressure, typical oh, um, yeah. Khabib in his corner. I mean, it was exactly what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, just a morning, um, eh? Just Khabib's moved out of the way and made space for Islam to come through and do it all. Yeah, I thought Doba would actually be a little bit a little bit better, but it's, I suppose it's a testament to Makachev, mm. right, more than it is. But I, I thought Doba would be able to handle it a little bit better, but, you know, I think Makachev's just getting better and better. Um, so... He's definitely climbing up the rankings, that's for sure. Um, and how about yeah. before? What about the uh, Kaikara France fight? Really bored. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so, I just I commented how you know the patience and how he stayed safe yeah. and got out of you know um, all those all those attacks and submissions and stuff. And then I knew as soon as he got up similar to McGregor Mendes, just when they get out of that position and they turn around, they start unloading. Yeah. You know, it just was flashbacks and, and uh, to that time and he, he just let go and got it done within round one when he spent most of the round in trouble. Yeah, so for people who missed the fight, Kaikara France from New Zealand was basically defending rear naked chokes for... But, but it was just a relentless attack. The, the yeah. opponent had his back and was just threatening deep, like all the way in, sunken in uh, rear naked chokes. And he was just sort of hanging in there and just surviving, being real resilient, and then managed to get out towards the end of the round. And 
yeah, within 10 seconds of getting to his feet, he knocked his opponent out with a massive, like three, was it like three uppercuts in that overhand, just sort of held him to balance yeah. it and just, oh, it was a walk-off KO as well. Yeah, and to me, uh, to me, the highlight of the fight was how, you know, comfortable and safe he stayed with, mm. while his, you know, back was taken. You know, sometimes you see people, they rush and explode. And all that. He, he looked pretty comfortable. He was defending himself. It got pretty deep at some point too. Um, yeah. where you thought, oh, but, you know, credit to him. And I think that's one of the be- better wins you can have. You have a bit of danger game, you know, doesn't go to plan, but you, yeah. you come through it and you, and you get the win. And especially for him after coming off a loss to um, Roy Val, right? Um, yeah. And he got submitted in his last fight, right? And then he's, this was his comeback fight and almost got submitted again and was threatened like quite a bit, but managed to hang in there and not break. So that'd be real good for his confidence, having then come out the other side of it and won the, win the fight. Exactly. I think it's a, you know, it's a win-win. He showed that he, you know, he's obviously put some effort into his jujitsu and his grappling and, you saw that in his defense there and now he's back in the win column and, you know, back climbing. It doesn't, doesn't take my, you know, MMA is not, it's not like boxing where you get a one or, you know, a loss on your record and it's all over. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's back on the, back on the charge now and hopefully he gets right back up the top because he's a talented, exciting, exciting fighter. Mm. I'm noticing that more and more with people who are um, losing fights and handling them well, but then these days people kind of being a lot more accepting of the fact that you can lose in MMA, right? Like you saw, like you saw Israel Adesanya lose recently, and it's kind of just been palmed off as, well, yeah. in this last card, we're about to talk about it, and the, the fallback now a week or so on from it is pretty much, you know, no one's doubting his ability to have a successful career moving forwards. Whereas in the past, people just get written off, I think, if they lose. Yeah, well, it's just that boxing mentality of protect that O, right? Um, mm. You know, you don't fight people when you should. You you know, they all avoid each other. There's all these, you know, it's just a boxing culture. And granted now with a lot of the heavyweights, it's that's leaving with Wilder and Fury and Joshua all fighting each other, which is beautiful to see uh, for that sport. But um, I think in MMA, you know, Adesanya being a smaller guy, took a risk, went up to another weight class. That's him aspiring to do something, you know, mm. a challenge. He's still the best in his division. He's still knocking people out left, front, center. But, in the, you know, and he took the challenge to go up and, and take on... Um, you know, the bigger guy. And I don't think that loss is, is, is anything bad. You know, he's, he's got, he's trying his hardest to create a legacy for himself and take the tough matchups and challenges. So um, I think a career where you've done that is much better than a career where you've avoided <laughs> any danger yeah. and have a zero next to your name. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, what about the co- – so there's obviously three title fights. After the Islam yeah. Makachev fight, we had Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yarn, uh, where Peter Yarn was, you know, disqualified with an illegal, an illegal knee in the fourth round. And um, Aljamain Sterling managed to get the belt due to an illegal knee after originally – I would say Sterling was winning the fight early on and then the tide, tide yeah. turned. Peter Yarn took control of the fight and looked like he was going to run away with it before that happened. Yeah, I think Sterling was successful early, right? But mm. and I just don't think it was getting to where he wanted it to. 
Um, I think he thought he was going to get him down, like get some sort of submission a bit earlier or get a hold of it. I don't think it got there. And then Peter Yarn started coming on strong. And then obviously I don't know where the miscommunication, you know, the, with, around, you know, the, from what I heard, you know, the referee told him, you know, down opponent and, you know, with what the corners were yelling out, but he just threw the knee and, and that's all it takes, right? It, at the end of the day, it was deliberate. He did do it on mm. purpose. It wasn't like he, you know, you know, accidentally need or he thought um, Sterling was getting up. He went through with it and unfortunately you get a disqualification with uh, with that and Sterling, Sterling walks away the champion. Hmm. Um, how, how do you think? How what do you think about the way it's played out with Sterling, sort of like not accept, not accepting the belt in the octagon, and then you know after the fight holding it in the air and getting photos? And I know there's a lot of like people giving him shit about it, but I kind of just I think it's kind of funny because you know he's not yeah, think, you know he's enjoying it. <laughs> I think he's just looking at his look. You know, all these people, all these people that uh, sit on the couch with you know, popcorn and chips that watch us fight are saying I'm a, you know, I'm a pussy for, you know, staying down. I should have got up. I should have kept fighting. I was losing. That's why I took the belt. And I think he's just going, you know what, I can just walk around with the belt and troll them and and that's how I'll I'll get back at them, right? Um, so I think he's just, he's having fun with it. I think mm. deep down inside he knows he, he wants, he's a fighter. He wants to beat Peter Young. The funny thing about it is, People saying he took the easy way out and all that. The guy has fought everyone and he should have got a title shot ages ago and he kept going and he kept going. So the guy definitely is not someone that's taking shortcuts, right? Mm. Um, he deserves to be where he is. And to be honest, he, he deserves to be a champion now. Obviously, he has to beat Edian properly to do that and he and he's going to try and do that. But, um, yeah, those two are definitely the best in the division. So... The fact he's champion and they're rematching, I don't think it's the it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, at least he didn't end up with a late replacement as the as the champion or something like that. Yeah, and I hope he because they try and when things like this happens, the UFC try and run it back as soon as they can, and they've already yeah. alluded to that. But that doesn't change the fact he you know had a knee to the brain. So I'm hoping he doesn't get pushed back in too quickly. Like he takes the right amount of time off because that didn't look, you know how people were saying he was sort of um, putting on an act to actually claim it, but that was legitimate. Yeah. It looked like he was out. Yeah, I think he definitely, definitely copped it. And, you know, whether whether he was or he wasn't or whatever, the main thing is we just need to run it back. And, and I'm sure the mm. relevant tests and all that will be done. And, and he knows this is the chance to win you know, win the title officially and keep it. Um, so I think he knows how much it will mean to him. So I don't think he'll rush into it. And I, But I do think it'll be booked sooner rather than later. And whether it's booked down the line, um, it'll definitely be there. It'll probably be a, I'd say it'll be a co-main on, on, on something. But, uh, yeah. you know, we've got fans coming back too, too. So I think they'll be looking to book title fights in Houston and Florida very soon. Um, I mean, Texas general, because it's open and so is Florida. So, uh, yeah, they'll be looking to book that ASAP. Yeah. All right. And what are your thoughts on 
uh, the Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunes fight and the fallout after it as well with the division. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just think Nunes too good again. Um, you know, I think I hoped for Anderson using her height and length maybe a little bit, but Nunes just too good. Beautiful submission. Um, mm. that, that was beautiful to watch. Uh, disappointing for Megan Anderson, you know, you get to that stage and really it was not even a um, much of a fight. But at the end of the day, she got in there, she gave her best. Um, and, she, you know, many fights before that. So I think it's still something she can, you know, hold her head high. She lost to probably the greatest ever. So mm. um, I don't think it went, I think it went exactly how most of us saw it going um, and Nunez winning. But, uh, yeah, not much else to say there, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we saw Amanda, well, I think we all saw Amanda Nunes winning on most of us, but yeah, I, I thought Megan Anderson would be able to keep her away for a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was just the nerves in the moment. Who knows, man? Like, it's anything can happen, right? Yeah, and she's also gone from the UFC now. Yeah. Does that, what do you think? Back. Would that be back to Invicta? Fight at 145? Or will she continue to fight? Not sure. I think she's going to probably feel she'll have a few options come out, mm. um, Bellator and one and all that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what what uh, what she does. Um, it would have been, she probably would have had more power in the open market if uh, she'd put in a really solid performance. Yeah, um, for sure. She probably would have got a better offer from the UFC. And But even then, the, the really the featherweight division is only open right now because Nunes is willing to fight. Um, uh, Megan Anderson came out after and said they're getting rid of the division. And Dana and the UFC said, no, like as long as Nunes is fighting, we will keep it open. But I I don't know if that division will be there when uh, Nunes retires or doesn't want to fight at that weight class anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, if, she, if she retires, if she retired right now, they would close that division straight away, you would think. But that I, seems like she's going to continue to fight. And Megan Anderson, as you said, will, I think she'll do very well in other organisations. Like, and against a lot of the other 145 females, she obviously has already done well. It's just Amanda Nunes is Amanda Nunes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so see exactly. what's next for her. And, and then the main yeah. event was sort of Izzy and uh, Blackowitch. I, I thought, I don't know what you thought about the eight, the 10 eights and the, the scorecards. I thought it was uh, two rounds to three myself. I thought yeah, it was the same. got the first two rounds and um, Blackowitch got the... Um, last three. Yeah, I think the, the wrestling settled it at the end anyway, regardless of... Um, I think Jan won one of the rounds that there wasn't much wrestling, but the rounds that he got the takedowns, he definitely definitely won those rounds. Um, oh, for sure. You know, once he got... You know, he was beautiful. The way he was sitting in Adesanya's half guard, um, you know, just controlling him, Punching and then towards the end, it was interesting when he just sort of unleashed. But would have been interesting to see that a bit earlier. But uh, yeah, just I think I think that was. I don't actually think it's that bad for Adesanya. He was in there. He didn't get completely outclassed. I think he probably learnt a lot about the size and the handling the size, handling the wrestling. Um, it probably towards the end as well. Not sure if he didn't notice or if he was tired or whatever, but. Um, you know, Jan sort of came on towards the end with those takedowns. Um, mm. So I thought 
when we were getting to the fourth and fifth, I thought, you know, Jan hasn't really taken him down. Like, this is where Adesanya will, you know, one of those kicks or something might get through, but didn't yeah. happen. So I think that it's a it's actually a good outcome. It keeps the middleweight division exciting. Adesanya in there. It keeps, you know, Jan active as the champion now and cements himself in there. You know, we can move on from John Jones with that division. And then as well, it doesn't hurt Adesanya. I think definitely he can take that experience and maybe one day go back up um, once he's yeah. he's taken on board those notes and maybe worked on his grappling with the bigger man and stuff like that. So uh, all around, not really a bad result, to be honest, for the mm. UFC. I, I, and I think... Um you know, it shows it shows Izzy where he needs to where he needs to improve, but at this where he needs to improve. And you mentioned um, Jan sort of at the last ten seconds trying to sort of rain down some blows and take a risk. I thought Izzy's assessment of that was pretty pretty spot on. That early on, Jan was just trying to control to win the round, and then in the last ten seconds, it's like he's already solidified the round. Now he can sort of give up the space to swing at him. Um, yeah, to, you know. Put, put his mark on it, but not risk him actually getting up. So yeah, exactly. yeah, just, just smart, just smart fighting from Jan. But I thought Izzy, even though he struggled to get up, he, I think he did well to defend um, off his back, to stay safe and away from the punches and stuff for quite a while, man. So it shows that he has worked those positions. It's just... Hey, he did well, but I think just the bigger man, right? I think people, mm. people might look at um, people going up like... Uh, McGregor and then Nunez and like all these people getting two two belts or uh, Cormier and and what they might forget is that like Adesanya went up twenty pounds. Um, he actually jumped quite a big gap. Hmm. Um, there's a big size difference between those two. Um, so I think when it came to the grappling, you yarn on top of you. He's a lot heavier and and stuff like that. So um, you know, all power to him. I think he was courageous to to jump up there and, and go for it. I did definitely cemented right now. I don't really want to see him versus John Jones. Yeah. don't think that would be good for him. Um, I just think John Jones is a bigger version, has the same sort of weapons and then his grappling's better. So uh, I think all in all, it's probably good for his career expanding it out because taking a big loss to John Jones now, he's not as good as if he can build his name back up and then have that match maybe a little bit down the line. After yeah. a few more fights. Yeah. And when, when John Jones is old. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that's what, you know, it doesn't matter if John Jones is undefeated and you beat him when he's old and you still beat him. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably his best chance. But I don't think versing John Jones now is, is probably best for him, although he would back himself. Which is yeah, uh, of course. why he's he's a UFC fighter, a middleweight champion. Oh and man, not. and there's there's a there's a there's a world where he wins that fight as well. You know, like a, an attack gets through and he hurts John, and then and then finishes him. That hundred percent that could happen. I wouldn't if that did happen. If they fought and that happened, I'd be like, yeah, could have saw that happening. You know, but you can see yeah. it, you can see it the other way around as well. John Jones just ragdolling him and you know beating him up on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I've seen John Jones in his last few fights. Those fights he struggled. Um, well, not struggled, but I mean closer with the bigger guys. Mm. Um, I think the bigger guys and the taller guys and the powerful guys, he seemed to be a bit, you know, a bit more of a struggle with, like Santos and, you know, uh, Reyes. 
But I think with uh, someone like Adesanya, I think Adesanya is going to need to bring something different because he's going to have that size advantage and probably less less fear um, or less less respect for Adesanya's power and grappling. Mm. Um, what, what do you think about what's playing out in that middleweight division at the moment? I know I'm sort of like shifting here, but yeah, well, that's, you know, with Adesanya, that fight happening. Um, and then you've got a couple of other things coming up as well. Darren Till versus, um, who's he fighting? Um, what's his name? Marvin Vittori. Uh, Vittori. Yeah, well, Adesanya is saying that uh, Till wins, he's, uh, he's going to be number one contender. I, I understand why he's saying that he hasn't fought Darren Till yet. Um, and he wants to sort of finish, but to me, Darren Till lost to Whitaker, and he, you know, like Darren Till is not exactly on a super win streak, right? He's he lost um, three of his last four, so mm. he's not exactly prime candidate for world title. Whereas I think again, Robert Whitaker is doing everything he needs to do, and it's typical Robert Whitaker. He's just fighting everyone that he needs to fight. You know, he beat Till, and then the one. Kennedy, who was supposedly the next big thing and going to be the number one contender, he deals with Kennedy. And then now if he can, obviously, Paolo Costa's out. Um, if So if he can beat Gastelum and he can beat Gastelum easier than Adesanya beat Gastelum because he maybe had the war with Gastelum, mm-hmm. then he puts himself smack bang in the middle of the picture to have that rematch. Mm. And if we're talking about opening Australia and New Zealand back up with a vaccine and all that, why not do that smack bang in Sydney so that I don't have to travel anywhere? <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Hey, That's my now that, you know, because it's obviously that's not going to happen overnight. And by the time it does happen, I'll, I'll be living over there as well. And <laughs> exactly, <laughs> because yes. I'm living over there, that makes sense. And that makes sense to me too. I mean, that would sell out. Uh, you can do that at Para. You could do that at um, the new Paris Stadium. You could do that in, you know, the big stadium in the uh, in in Homebush, um, and it would sell out. You know, you stack that card decently, um, get a few good fights on there. You get Kai Kara France, some of the Aussie peoples. If Volko is still the champion, and Holloway is still there, imagine doing Volko Holloway three in Sydney yeah. on the undercard of Adesanya Whitaker two. There you go. I'm applying to work as matchmaker for the UFC. <laughs> Which one do you think should be main event? Oh, I guess the local one. Would make more sense. But Holloway, Holloway Volkanovski could be, could be a headline on its own in Australia. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And if Holloway fights like he fought in his last fight, it's like he reinvented himself. Um, that would be a hell of a fight. So, yeah, I definitely Adesanya would obviously be main event with Whitaker, but what a what a card that would be, and be great for Australia, and it'd be great to. But of course, they all have to win first. Yeah, um, well, it's really up to Whitaker. Volkanovski's going to beat um, bloody Ortega as well before he gets to Holloway, and that's obviously been delayed. Um, yeah, due to COVID. Due to, so, COVID. yeah, we don't know when that's going to be actually, because he's going to go back to New Zealand, so it's going to be delayed quite a little bit. I'd imagine because, you know, obviously COVID affects your lungs and stuff like that. So he's going to need to recover, get back into training, um, get tested and all that. So you're probably looking at another fight camp. So I'd say that's going to be about two months away at least. By the time he gets back, 
Yeah, well, and it seems like some people get it a lot worse than others as well. So, you know, depending on how it takes for him. Yeah, Cody Garbrandt's been out for ages because of it. Yeah, because you've got to remember, they're not just recovering and going back to a desk job. They're recovering and then they need to get their lungs and their conditioning back to the point of five rounds, especially if you're the champion, five rounds. And and an elite athlete. And people, people don't, people will forget about this. And this is where that thing with Aljamain Sterling, this is key. When you're a champion, if you're not a Conor McGregor, when you're champion, you get paid more. So it's crucial you keep that belt because you get pay-per-view points. Yeah. Um, at that point, if you're not a Conor McGregor where you can command whatever you want. Um, so being a champion is important. So he's obviously going to take that time to recover and make sure he's 100% ready to defend that title because... At the end of the day, they're in their prize fighters and they're in there for a short window to make the money. So um, I'd, I'd say he would take his time and recover properly so that mm-hmm. he can defend that belt and uh, keep everything that comes along with being the champion because it's not just the belt that you get. You get, uh, you get a lot more than that. Yeah, very true. All right, man, what do you reckon? Let's move on to UFC 260, huh, this weekend, Sunday morning. Sounds good. But yeah, mate, that all makes sense. Uh, so UFC 260, what do you want to do? Just the main card? Yeah, stick, stick, stick with the uh, main cards, probably whatever I'm be most, most interested in. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about the, before we get into that, let's, what's the history of it, right? So we were supposed to have Johnny Walker and this card was going to be a cracker and it's sort of fallen apart a yeah. little bit. Um, Johnny Walker and Jimmy Crute were supposed to be on the um, card um, then that fight, there was an injury. Walker had to pull out, and then that's where Crew got the fight against Anthony Smith, um, which is going to happen next month. So we'll see him yeah. then. And then there was also um, Shane Young. So the Kiwi was supposed to fight Omar Morat, uh, Morales, and that's been pulled from the card as well. And of course, that uh, the featherweight strap Volkanovski versus Ortega was supposed to be on this card as well. Yeah, and Tybura, Marcin Tybura is supposed to be on this as well. Yeah, so, so we've, we've lost four yeah. fights and the Good. card's looking a bit thin and as a result yeah. of that, Tyron Woodley's a co-main event for the first time in, in a while. <laughs> yeah, but I think at the end of the day, heavyweight fights, mate, they're always, um, you know, back to like the Tyson days and stuff like that. When you've got a heavyweight fight, you don't need much, right? It's the same yeah. as a McGregor card. You don't need much underneath. You're all there for one reason, right? Yeah. So yeah, I think true. the same with this. Everyone's here to see if Nganu can send uh, Stipe's head into the, you know, bleachers or <laughs> if uh, Miocic is going to drive Nganu straight into the ground again. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's let's start off. Jamie Malaki. we've got Malaki versus Karma Worthy and uh, Malaki's an Australian from the East Coast. He just trained in the, uh, we've talked about it before on the podcast, on the Volkanovski camp with um, some, of the other, some of the other Aussie boys, Josh Coolabau being one. Uh, his, debut, his debut was against Brad Riddell from City Kickboxing where he lost that fight, a decision, right? And that was fight of the night. I don't remember. I know it was a good fight there. So it was. Uh, it was that was on Whittaker and Adesanya. Yeah, I don't know if it was fight of the night, but it was a good fight. Um, but he's coming off a two-fight skid. 
Yeah, and in, as we were talking about before, interesting enough, 2016, he fought Volkanovski. So uh, it's a little interesting in a different promotion. So that's yeah. an interesting uh, factoid. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's on a bit of a skid. But, uh, obviously, with Dana and the UFC, if you're having cracking fights, then being on a skid is not as big of an issue. If you're getting in there and having those fight of the nights and those those barn burners and you're throwing down, you're actively trying to entertain and win because it's a twofold thing. One's enter- one's winning fights, but the other thing is, is it is entertainment at the end of the day. Yeah. And they, the UFC needs people on on the main card, on the prelims, creating good fights. So so that that there as well keeps you um keeps you in in the good books so i think it is an important fight for him um coming up obviously karma worthy's coming off a loss as well so uh they're both wanting to get back in the win column and i think they obviously both stepped up onto the main card with all the pullouts so it's massive opportunity Hmm, for them to uh for them to to step up because a lot of people, you know, they spend 60 bucks on a pay-per-view. They're going to watch the whole card <laughs> to get their money's worth. So if you're opening up that pay-per-view and throwing down, and I think you could very well win some fans, especially the, uh, the Aussie, win some yeah. Australian fans across. Yeah, for sure. And I think he, and I think so far, even though he's lost those two decisions, he's been in good fights all round. And so, um, you know, if he got knocked out, he'd probably get dropped. But if he has another good fight and it's real competitive and close, and he and he loses, and he's three on a three skid, he might still get another fight. Maybe, but yeah, yeah must win fight though, right? You don't want to you don't want to be zero and three on any contract at the UFC. Must win fight. That's how he's got to approach it. Yeah, because then it's just it's a it's a constant battle of okay, like I won, but I can't lose again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's always better. And and his goal. And any fighter, he wants to be champion one day. He doesn't mm. want to be middle of the pack. So I'm sure he's working hard and, you know, hopefully for Australia's sake, he, uh, he gets the win. For sure. What about the next one? Uh, Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. Uh, interesting matchup with uh, O'Malley coming off a loss. And I think Almeida, what's Almeida? Is he like on a five-flight skid or something? He's one and four in his last five. Yeah. Now, <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, we've uh, talked about him before. Garbrandt, Jimmy Rivera, Rob Font are all people he's lost to. He hasn't fought much either, right? So Garbrandt was ages ago. Garbrandt was before Garbrandt was even champion, right? Yeah. So yeah. that was a long time ago. And then obviously came back and beat Albert Morales. But then, I mean, so that's what, 2016, so that's five years ago, May, you were almost in May, two months away. So that'll be six fights in five years so not not the most active fighter on the roster but uh hopefully this he, he comes back strong he did fight in october and and lost um but he needs to win mm. he needs to win this fight he can't i don't think he can afford to lose that especially with o'malley um being sort of someone that the ufc is you know quite high on and he's he's lost now he's looking to come back so don't want to be losing those ones but I think it also could be quite a barn burner, right? Could be a great fight. Mm, it's they handy could, kickboxing could, and decent grappling. They could be in, it could be interesting. It's actually quite a good matchup. I think, yeah, I I think, think it's great. I think O'Malley's definitely more polished on the feet and is capable of just just beating him up from the outside. But um, 
given that, yeah, O'Malley's coming off a loss and there's, it's just, it's a good matchup and Almeida could be uh, part of the upset party. Yeah, man, and, and that's, that's, you know, one of the ways to put himself back on the map is a big win over a name, right? Sean O'Malley is someone the UFC's quite high on. He's, he's, he's great for promotion. So you walk in and beat him, um, doors open. So, um, yeah, be an interesting fight. I, hope, I think that'll be a great fight. So anytime Sean O'Malley's in there, it's entertaining. So mm. should be good. Um, and, and it's always a thing like, what what hair is he going to have in? You know, his girlfriend yeah. always does his hair. <laughs> oh, man, he's always got some. He's always got a. He's always got a special haircut. That's for sure. Might have the Brazilian flag. Almeida's Brazilian, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's Brazilian. Yeah, so he might have, the, might have the Brazilian flag in his hair. That'd look good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, geez. So that's the. There's only four fights on the main card. Tyron Woodley, Vicente Luque. Um. Are you interested in this one at all? Uh yes. I think it's going to be interesting. I. I feel like Woodley. May retire if he wins. Never know. I, I'd like to see Woodley go out on a on a high. I think he's achieved. Like I don't see him getting back to the top currently. I don't see him beating Usman and beating uh, those guys. And I don't think he's a middle of the road, middle of the pack fighter. Like I don't think there's any reason he should stick around and fight in the middle of the pack. Mm. Um, but if yeah, if you look at his last uh, his last few losses, they're they're all against the big. The big, the big three in the division, right? Usman, Burns, and Covington. Mm. And Usman and Covington, I see, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of the whole division. Um, personally, I think those two are the most equally matched. So the three losses he's had, you know, they're not they're put they're the toughest three in the division. So it's explainable that he lost, but. Him being used to being the champion and being at the top and not being that middle of the pack fighter, I think, you know, go out on a win. And he's got plenty of other ventures with his rap music and in the entertainment industry. But, um, you know, I'd like to see him, you know, get the win here and and hang them up. I see him having a, a better performance coming back. I think he will use his wrestling, maybe, <laughs> and maybe. Hopefully he doesn't just. Or he just. I just get frustrated when he stands there and he has these big, you know, big power punches and he just waits and waits and hopes that he can land one of them. Yeah, um, just circles because, on the outside, back against yeah, the cage, got, and just it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, because he's got so much more than that. He's got that. You know, the way the the way he went went at Robbie Lawler, um, in that when he won the title was amazing. Mm. Like he just ran at him like a you know. <laughs> Like he's gonna grab the title off him. Um, so, and obviously, um, you know, it's not Vincente. Let's not take him out. You know, he's he's won his last two. Um, so he's definitely definitely in there. But I think it's a good matchup for Woodley in the sense it's not another heavy wrestler. Someone that's gonna, you know, Usman and and Gilbert and Covington's pace is ridiculous, right? Mm. So. I think he gets a breather from that matchup. That's why, to me, it was so hard for him because he versed three people, similar game plans, you know, and he just, I just don't think he has an answer for that. 
Yeah, well, that's true. It's going to be interesting. And Vicente Luque, if you look at his record, he's had 19 wins and um, 17 of those have either been knockout or submission. So it's, uh, you know, he could potentially finish Tyron Woodley and that'd be, it'd be, oh, I don't know how that would go down for Woodley. Would he potentially get dropped if he lost his fourth in a row and got, and got finished? Because, uh, like, and, and the reason why I ask is because I don't think Dana White likes him very much. <laughs> I, I don't think they, I think Dana gets frustrated at him. And, yeah. and they and they have their frustrations, but I don't think it, it's not like a uh, Tito Ortiz situation. Right. I think it's just they 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 just get frustrated with him. For, I think Dana views him as a bit of a baby. Um, yeah. And but I don't think I think Dana. Um, there's a core group group of guys you can tell Dana is you know looks after and stuff. And I think he's he's probably one of those. I think they just get frustrated at each other the same way. You know, he does with Connor even. Yeah. Um, I think Dana has those moments. But uh, I don't know if he'd get cut, but I think Dana would probably look at him and advise maybe, hey, you know, that's uh, – because I think he has a commentary role and a job with the UFC regardless anyway. Yeah. He brings, he's well-spoken and he brings, he brings a lot to the table. He sits um, on the desk, right? Is he still on the desk now? From time to time, not as much. Um, yeah. And I think that might be part of his thing. He wants to get focused and get back into focusing on fighting. And maybe he wants to do one more run, one more run at it. But uh, And then, and, then you know, and if he, when he retires, when and if, then do more of that stuff and obviously less yeah. of the fighting. Have the- and, yeah, we're focusing on him retiring here. Like, it is. It's just hard when you look at the last three performances. You know, mm. I don't ever like seeing such a, you know, a great fighter, a dominant champion, um, like someone that's really good fighter, get you know three losses on the trot because it can reflect badly on his career. Even though he had a great career, um, mm. you know, great fighter. So hopefully he gets a win and and he has in mind what he wants to do. Whether it's really focus on fighting and put a hundred percent effort into that, or you know, hang it up and go off into other other ventures. But he is thirty eight, so he's he's getting. He's getting up there in uh, age. So it's definitely, if he's making one more run at it, this will definitely be his his last run. And, um, you know, his opponent's only 29 here. So he's, he's getting started. So yeah. I suppose it's interesting, someone at the end of his career and someone coming into their prime. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how that goes. And I guess that brings us to the main event, right? Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou. Um, yep. Heavy, heavyweight, number two, uh, obviously in their last one, Stipe had the five-round decision, dominant victory. Um, how do you see this one going this time around? Do you think it's any different? So I so I watched the, the fight again um, the other day. Yeah. And obviously, I think from round three, it was just a bit of a shit show because Nganu was just gone. But credit to him, he survived. Now... I don't know, like a lot of people will remember the context of this fight. Um, Ngannou would obviously just beat Overeem and he was getting pumped up. And, and one of the things um, Dana said was he disappeared to France before the fight for a few weeks. Uh, anyone knows Ngannou, he trains in Vegas and he he does all his cardio and nutrition at the performance centre. Yeah. Um, so before that Stipe fight, he actually disappeared. 
uh, went overseas and Dana basically said, you know, he, he thought he was just going to walk in and knock Stipe's head off and take the title and it was going to be that simple for him. And, you know, he was in for a rude shock. And then you saw the same when he went in against Derek Lewis. He That fight everyone thought was going to be, they were going to throw down and he was timid and not confident because he'd, he'd been rattled. Um, but now and he looks... That's you openly, him openly admitting that, right? So you're not... Yeah. That's 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 what happened. He he's talked that's about that. What Dana? Yeah, like you can go back and look it up. You know, Dana post fight, um, him talking about it, like he was got <laughs> you know it went to his head a little bit. And when you're knocking people out the way he was, it's probably hard not to, to be honest. But uh, you know that fight, that first fight against Stepe really turned his career around. It was like that defining moment of you know. I can't just walk in there and knock people out. Ever since then, he's been in wrestling training. This this camp, he's got Usman in his corner yeah. um, for this one, which is he's really been working on his wrestling and his takedown defense. And, and he seems to have a bit more of a strategy with his striking in this one. So I think you're going to see a much different Francis Ngannou. Um, the question is, what can he bridge that gap? Because he did hit Stipe. Mm. Um, just not cleanly enough. Yeah, so yeah, can, yeah. Has has Stepe evolved, and can Stepe handle you know a fitter, better version of Inganu? Because he is, in my opinion, definitely improved from what we saw before. Um, and if he and and you got to remember, Stepe is getting up there in age as well. Thirty eight. He's been around the block with uh with uh um Cormier a few times. So. Yeah. How does he go with that power this time around, a few years on with a few years and obviously getting knocked out by Cormier and those wars that he had with him? So there's that, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of variables, I think, to this fight. I think mm. some people just go, oh, well, Stipe's just going to grab him and put him on the floor like he did last time. Well, um, people, people seem to think Francis is going to win because isn't he the favourite going into this fight again? Even though the last fight they had, Stipe basically ended up ragdolling him. Yeah, I'm talking like I think more sort of MMA fans and um, I think there's a lot of people out there that actually – so in the betting, he's, he's Ngannou's favourite, but there seems to be a lot of people in, you know, on Twitter and Instagram yeah. that the vibe – and I always check this before the podcast and just out of interest what people are saying and people are saying it's crazy that uh, Ngannou's the favourite. I just read an article before that basically – gave Stipe the advantage in every single category and said it's going to be a carbon copy of the first. So there are people out there that seem to think this is just going to be the same fight, but I don't think so. I think we're going to see Nganu definitely connect and it'll be, we'll see if Miocic can take it. And if he can, and if he can't, he doesn't get hit cleanly, like he gets hit on the way out where it's just a little taps yeah. and not enough to knock him out. You know, when we get into that second, third round, we'll really see Garno's cardio um, come to plan. But, uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, similar, yeah. Like, if if early in the first and second, maybe Francis has probably got his best opportunity. I definitely think he's capable of, it, of put, knocking someone out in any round. But I think as the fight goes on, it sort of goes to Stipe Miocic's favour. So he's probably going to want to um, take his time and... Um, like maybe not take too many risks early 
and yeah. Yeah, basically just let the plight fight play out and try and get it to the the ground later. Um, if yeah. you know as much as much as possible, and Stipe could just show just show his experience and just win the fight in that way. I think his cardio is going to hold up probably better, providing that they're both healthy and there's nothing going on in the background, you know. But I think generally speaking. Ngannou's built for power and Stipe, even though he's powerful, I think he can. he's just a little bit more um, slow twitch fiber, like more cardio. Yeah. Uh, Going to be interesting. It's, it's a huge opportunity for Miocic to like, you know, if people are asking whether he's the best heavyweight of all time, like, you know, tr- uh, having a trilogy with Cormier, winning that, having beaten Francis already and a lot of other people, I mean, this almost, you know, that's riding in the stone, eh? Is there anyone else for he left that he has to fight? He will fight John Jones if he wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. The winner will most likely, you know, it depends on what happens with Stipe. But it, if we look at it, the way is probably going to win is by devastating knockout. Yeah. So you could very well say, say Ngannou gets it done, you know, like he does most of the time, super yeah. early. And he, and he KOs him stiff, you know, within the first round. He probably takes no damage, right? John Jones is training and getting ready. <coughs> Miocic's going to be out because he's just taken a heavy hit, probably get a medical suspension. <laughs> so then you're, you know, for Ngannou, you're probably looking at you might end up fighting John Jones before you fight Miocic again. Uh, if you're Miocic you, and you get the win, you take a bit of time and then you fight John Jones, and, and what a way! If you can beat Ngannou twice and then beat John Jones on his debut at heavyweight, you are definitely going to be tough to, to pass as the heavyweight goat. Or well, just the goat altogether, man. Yeah, man. I think I, I mean, you, so, if he so does that, who's this? Um, if Miocic or if John Jones? Miocic. Yeah, Miocic. Miocic. Yeah. Um, that's there's, there's some big names. Um. And, and there's some dangerous fights. Like people just go, oh, just taking Garnu down. But he's <laughs> a dangerous, big, big man. And like I, always, I say, it's like good on Ingar- like Mertic for getting in there and winning that last fight. Like that was amazing. You know, um, it's like there's people. You know, when you get in back in the people you skin the ring with Mike Tyson. It was like crazy to do that because um, they were so good and so big and so powerful. So. For Miocic, if he can get this win and then somehow beat John Jones, what a way to finish it off, right? Oh, insane. Insane. <clears throat> and he's and the thing is, he's just like, you know, the fair have you seen the embedded? How he's just sort of like, you know, dad at home and he works for the bloody the fireies yeah. and just this normal dude, you know. But then yeah, he leaves a legacy like that. That's insane. Yeah. I think that's what's great about it is he's such a humble guy and he, he works at the fire station and and, and stuff like that. Um, and he was saying, like, that's what actually makes him scared is those jobs rather than more than the, the fighting, which is which is crazy. But uh, I think, unfortunately for him, I feel like Ngannou now is really primed and ready and this is his prime and I think he will connect. I think it's inevitable he connect, but this time I think he'll be able to finish it off, especially the way you saw um, Cormier finish off Stipe. Um, yeah. That first fight, the clinch, how he he went down. I think if Ngannou hits him that hard this time, I think he'll he'll go down. And I think 
Ngannou will be a lot more strategic in this fight. He won't just be arrogantly walking forward and think I'm going to connect and knock you out. I think he'll have more of a game plan. As I said, he's got Usman in his corner. He's got a much smarter corner this time, much better game plan. And I think you'll see a more complete Francis Ngannou um, than, you, than you've seen, seen before. What do you think about uh, the opportunity if Ngannou wins, uh, Derek mm-hmm. Lewis Ngannou running it back and doing number two? How do you think? Do you think that'll be a fan favourite? Uh, yeah. After Derek Lewis's it. recent fights? I just think the John Jones thing will be next. Um, oh, but I would like yeah. to see that fight, <laughs> but I just think Jones is coming to heavyweight. He's not coming to heavyweight to fight fight uh, anyone else other than the that's, champion. That's very true, yeah. So if, if Ngannou wins, obviously it'll be Jones next. But it still, it still leaves um, Derek Lewis to be another fight after that, because yeah, you know if Ngannou, if Ngannou beats John Jones, then all of a sudden mm-hmm. Derek, Derek Lewis and Ngannou can make sense, especially if Derek Lewis gets another win. So who who could he possibly fight? Derek Lewis. Yeah. Oh well, he just beat Bert Kurt. He's number two, and he just beat Blades, who's number three. Yeah, so I think Lewis is in that shitty spot, right? Mm. Of, and it's a, it's the shitty spot Ngannou was in, waiting yeah. for this trilogy fight to to finish off. Um, but you know he he's he's definitely you know he's on a four fight uh, win streak now, and I think the, there's some big you know some good names on there, especially Curtis Blades. Um, but I suppose if you look at the the rankings. Um, he's obviously number three. So the John Jones throws the uh, spanner in the work. So does he does he wait for that, or does he does he fight again um, and try and uh, just win that and and then fight for the just title? Be, I think as time goes on, it'll sort of one one of the options will begin to make more sense than the other. He'll you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I think. Um, he could, uh, he could actually, you know, what what could be a uh, a potential fight actually is um, could potentially fight Volkov again. I don't know if people remember he was losing that fight, um, and then he ended up knocking Volkov out right at the end. Mm. Um, right, like with you know, end around three ten se- eleven seconds to go. So you know. Potentially, you could fight Volkov again in a rematch. Um, rematch that one if if the UFC wanting to get moving and he wants to keep earning the money. Because I I don't strike I strike Derek Lewis as a guy that loves to fight and loves to win money so he can buy his fried chicken that he loves yeah. so dearly. Well, did you listen to his JRE MMA episode? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Interesting chat. Yeah, he's he, he's a more interesting guy than I thought he would be. <laughs> yeah, I was, think you. He was just talking about just wanting to fight, pretty much. Doesn't really. Yeah, the, the belt's like the ultimate goal, but he's not too concerned. He just wants to fight and earn money, and, and he's already just amazed at the life that he has, pretty much, because the crux of it. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's an interesting guy. You know, you look at him, and he doesn't, he doesn't look like much of a, an MMA fighter, but for, for his size, his weight, you know, he, he definitely. He's definitely beaten some of the the best, the best fittest heavyweights out there. So good on him. Mm. But I have Ngannou winning this in the first two minutes. Okay. 
I, I don't know what to think, man. I, I think, yeah, I'm going to go with Miocic again. Let's let's do let's do a pick uh, for the for the card because I don't think we really put down who we thought would win. Hey, and then no. we'll move on to some news if you have any UFC 260. Let me pull that back up. Uh, there we go. So, what do you think between Jamie Malarkey and Karma Worthy? Well, I think I'll go with uh, Malarkey uh, TKO here, just because yeah. I really want the Aussie to. Aussie to get the job done. Yeah, I'll say, I'll the, say round two. Thing. Alrighty, I'll I'll say the same thing. TKO, um, round one, round two. Uh, what do you think, O'Malley versus Tom Olme- Thomas Almeida? This one's a tricky one <laughs> because O'Malley's good, Almeida's good too, and he's going to have a lot of motivation to come back here. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Almeida in this. I'm gonna say that he'll, he will, uh, he will come back, and I think he'll get, get the knockout in round two. Oof. Well, there's a, a real spanner in the works. Oh man, Marlon Vera put the, the hype train like at a little bit of a skid. But if, if he loses a second in a row and gets TKO'd or knocked out again, that'll be like it'll be, you know, off the, the trains off the rails. Yeah, and by the way, I want, um, for the record, I want uh, um, O'Malley. O'Malley to win. Yeah, yeah, I want him to win because I really like like him. I think he's, he's an entertaining guy, but I'm going to go with Almeida in this one with the upset. Okay, I, I respect it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with O'Malley. I want him to win, but I, I also think that he, I think he's, I think Thomas Almeida is a threat, but I think if all things go to plan, O'Malley's striking is just better and he should win. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to go with O'Malley, probably O'Malley TKO or KO. Otherwise, a decision. I mean, fuck, I might as well not even make a choice at that point. eh? I've given every option. (laughs) (laughs) I say O'Malley KO. Um, Yep. What do you reckon, Tyron Woodley for Sinte Luque? Okay. I think Woodley will... We'll be back in this one. I think it's again. It's not that matchup that's terrible for him. Where pressure wrestler um, coming at him, where he can't get that power punch off. I think he will uh, will bounce back in this one. I'd like to see him use his wrestling. Not sure how much of it he will use, but I think he'll he will he will connect big in uh, let's say the third round early and uh, finish it off with with uh, just wrestling ground and pound. But I'll okay. go with this one. There you go. Um, I'm going to say the same thing. I think. I think. Uh, I think he's just a level above Luke, and I think he'll win. Yeah. The, he'll win the fight. Uh, do I think it's going to put him? It'll put him in the right direction. Do I think he's capable of winning the title again at this stage? Probably not, unless he shows yeah. me a little bit more than just like winning this fight or just a massive change. But, yeah, I, yeah, I think he's going to win. Um, and then what's the last one? Miocic versus Nganu. Uh, Nganu. And, yeah, we've I've said Miocic and you said Nganu. Yes, yeah, so I'll be putting a bet on under two minutes. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I just have this I have this feeling it's, it's, uh, it's time. We have the big wrecking ball as the champion where... <laughs> It's it'll be it'll be a good run. It'll be interesting, you know, 
the big guy with the uh, the big scary guy with the the belt. Yeah. You know, the, the big, you know, the body and the he just looked like the Terminator and every challenger is like, can he, can they do it? <laughs> <laughs> can they survive? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a bit, a bit like a Rocky movie. So I'll, I'll let you go in a second. Uh, lastly, did, what was the, is there any key news that we need to know about? Because I know you've got uh, that covered. Yeah. So you've got, um, obviously, first off is, what do you call it, is fighting Gaslam now instead of Costa. Um, Costa wanted to push it back to May, but the UFC has just gone, no, nah, we've got Gaslam here. We're going to push push forward with that. Um, you've also got the, the news, obviously, with Usman fighting uh, Mr. Street Jesus himself, Jorge Masvidal again. Reason yeah. being, he feels like Masvidal had excuses after his last one. Um, so he wants to, to run that run that back. Um uh, you've also got Garbrandt fighting Rob Font, and then TJ is finally making his comeback after his uh, doping suspension against Corey Sandhagen. So uh, two interesting fights there. We, we had, there was time there we thought maybe Garbrandt and and um, Dillashaw would get matched up again, but they mm. they haven't. And I'm happy that uh, Dillashaw didn't get a title shot. His yeah, first me too. Fight back. I don't think that's fair. I think he should actually have to fight a fair few few times before he gets that shot again. Yeah. Especially I mean if he'd been out if he'd been out if he'd lost a fight and been out injured or something like that, then you you know you might warrant a title shot. But if you're straight up blood doping, it's like no no man, get to the back of the line and fucking earn yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Um you got Khabib officially done and which cleared up finally cleared up the the lightweight picture so obviously Poirier's chosen to take the uh McGregor money fight for the trilogy um which they were actually hoping to get done for May but it looks like it's still delayed so probably won't get they probably won't do that fight until July or later now um yeah. which is and I think to be honest this is what I was telling you um earlier before the McGregor uh he lost, obviously. They're going to try and push McGregor fighting again as far down the road as possible. I think yeah. it's not just that the deal's not coming together. I think it's that they've realized Texas is open. Florida is open. We can get McGregor and Poirier to fight there and we'll have the crowd again. Yeah. So I think they want to wait until it's more open. But in the meantime, we've got uh, Oliveira and um, Chandler fighting and uh you know that will crown us a new new champion and i think for chandler and bellator it'll be pretty big if if chandler walks in and becomes ufc uh you know lightweight champion in yeah, two well, fights what did, what did you think about their decision to give him the fight after only having one fight in the band uh sorry in the ufc Oh, well, Poirier stepped aside, technically. So yeah. that's how he's that's how he's got in there. And to be honest, I will give it to the guy. He's walked in there. He's been game. He'll fight anyone. Um, so I don't really have a problem with it, to be mm. honest. I think Gaethje recently lost. And at the end of the day, um, the, the most important thing is that Charles Oliveira got this opportunity. Mm. I think that's what, that's what we should be focusing on here is that We've got a fighter in a division that's, you know, traditionally, you know, you've got Connor coming in and stuff like that, you know, 
and people take it. And it's been blocked for a bit. So to see someone like Oliveira winning multiple fights and getting that shot, I think it's important to sort of reset the division now that Khabib's um, gone. It just adds that new element. And then mm. uh, obviously you've got Gaethje and and all that below that, that can fight amongst themselves and and uh, sort, figure, sort figure that out. out. Who's next? Yeah, basically. I'm just looking at the rankings yeah. now, and it's interesting to see in the lightweight division where there's supposed to be a, vote, a photo of Khabib. Um, it's just a blank space with nothing there, and Dustin Poirier is number one. <laughs> oh yeah, they've updated. <laughs> Did you see it. that? No, I haven't. I haven't had a had a look at that actually. Yeah, well, they've updated it just to remove the photo. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you what. Speaking about the lightweight tight, uh, the lightweight sort of picture, I'm disappointed that Gregor Gillespie and um, Brad Riddell fight got pulled. I was excited for that one. Yeah, uh, good fight. Um, getting getting pulled. It's it's been the. I think it's been the. It's the way fighting works, though, right? Mm, it happens well, a lot. And, it's just and COVID, right? Was it a COVID thing? Um, I'm not sure about it. There's just been so many. Because well, there's so much logistics. So there's been a lot of pullouts from just logistical things with COVID and injuries. And, yeah. You know, if you, if you're injured, you're not going to travel all the way to Fight Island. And, um, yeah, COVID-19 protocols. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff. Um, but look, I think the the lightweight division's exciting again. I think um, we're going to have a great trilogy fight some point this year. Yeah, um, should keep it entertaining. So you've actually got two title fights there, right? A trilogy fight's always like a title fight. You finish off, you know, that that chapter of you, know, you finish off that book. Really, it's the final chapter, and then. Uh, you know, one of those guys will be in the title hunt, whether people agree with Connor being beating Poirier and being in that hunt is right or wrong. He will be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Khabib well, finds that. I mean, whether they agree with it or not, Dustin, Dustin Poirier at this point is a genuine number one contender. And if Khabib's out, the fight that actually makes the most sense is um, is... Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira, and it seems yeah. like he's had a choice, right? So if he chose to fight McGregor and McGregor beats him, then, I mean, you know, does that make McGregor number one based on his previous performances and time, sort of how inactive he's been? You know, maybe not, but if he beat number one, then maybe yes as well. Yeah. Given, given all of his other history and everything like that as well, it's, it would make sense. And I would, I would have liked to see Khabib and Chandler. To be honest. Oh, yeah, me too. I would have liked to see the one thing I still would have liked to see with obviously Ferguson was one with the. And I know everyone said Gaethje's a wrestler and all that, but let's be honest, he's not like a. He's a, he's a good wrestler, but he's not known for using it like, mm. a, you know, a Chandler can or, you know. Um, like what I'm saying, it'd be interesting to watch someone of like an Usman's wrestling capability and striking capability at fight a Khabib and just see, see what Khabib's wrestling is like against a wrestler. Yeah. Because to be honest, it could just even further highlight just how good his wrestling truly is. Um, so it's a shame we won't get to see that. Um, but, uh, you know, 
we got we finally get some clarity around the division and have a have a new champion because I think Dana was hanging on to Khabib fighting again for for dear life. Well, and also like it's it's going to be good to get a new spin on the mix because and I know for a little while it's going to be like you know no one's beaten Khabib so he's still kind of the you know the champ in a way, but. At the end of the day, I think he, if he stayed, he probably would have just kept beating these guys until one of them managed to clip him. And that eventually might have happened, but he's just, he's, he's, his pressure is just too much, that top pressure. They, none of them, none of, I don't think a lot of them have felt the control that he has before until he's actually mounting them and controlling them. Yeah, I think that the, the type actually to beat Khabib is, is an Usman, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Just someone that has high-level wrestling and has proven to have decent striking, um, yeah. and and a cardio um, or a Covington, like just that wrestling, cardio, decent striking. I think that's probably the the, the matchup and, you'd need to have. And Usman's, doesn't have, Usman's a bigger human as well. I think I think he's a bigger human. Yeah, yeah, he's much bigger. Um, yeah. To be honest, that, that was the next thing for Khabib, though. Really, if you want to look at Adesanya, right, taking that challenge, that was probably the. And I know that obviously his father passed away and stuff like that, so it's changed things. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form, like you know, he didn't take the challenge, but it would have been interesting to see him try and go up, maybe, mm. or take just to finish off his career. But I suppose when you're 29 and 0, it's like you know. Why not just retire at the top, which yeah. is which is what he's done. But imagine he walked in and beat uh, Kamara Usman. Oh, that would have just – I'd yeah. call him the GOAT. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of call out I would have wanted to see from Usman, you know, like in a respectful way. He could have sort of said, like, um, welcome yeah. him op- open arms to, to fight in his division if he wanted. Yeah, yeah. they got the same manager. Um, Oh, yeah, true. But see, Usman's in a sticky spot, though, because he, I don't know if he could make 155, but even if, let's pretend that he can, he doesn't want to go down and fight uh, Khabib, right, because there's a relationship with the manager and things like you just said, but he also doesn't want to go up and fight Adesanya for for a similar reason because of the, like, you know, the Nigerian sort of background and them wanting to um, showcase the Nigerian way, I guess. So he's like kind of in the middle of it. But it's yeah. going to be difficult to beat. Sorry, yeah, by anyone. I would have liked to see, yeah, I would have loved to see it, but I suppose it is It is what it is. Yeah, um, we won't it. see it, but, yeah, 165 would have probably been good for that. All right, man, let's wrap it up, hey? Yep. That's uh, episode number 42 in the books, MMA Focused with Aaron Morelli, and uh, I might be... I'm going to try and get a, another, a couple more um, WA-based AOS episodes in before I move to Sydney, um, face-to-face ones. But uh, once I get to Sydney, I'll probably um, be a little bit focused on my job and the podcast might slow down a little bit for the first couple of months until I get, my, you know, get myself on my feet at work and get comfortable with everything. And then we'll pick it back up and I'll start doing a few AOS episodes with um, some Sydney-based people and exploring that area a little bit and, and try to continue growing the podcast in that way. Um, and as I said at the start of the episode, be on the lookout for the pre-sale rash guards and shorts. Um, I'm going to drop that probably tomorrow or the next day and hopefully you guys will jump on and support. And, yeah, until next time, cheers, everyone, and thank you, Aaron. Appreciate your time, mate. Thank you. Cheers, boys.